It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. It is Pushing the Limits. So glad you could join us broadcasting everywhere, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, of course, on the AM, FM dial, and the Occupy Democrats Network with their 10 million followers. Thank you all so much for joining us. We have a really jam-packed show lined up for you today. We have some very interesting guests as well. Coming up later in the show, he's an author. He runs uh, the Big Red Consulting Firm, a consulting firm that has recently worked with people like George Sanders. Santos, Jenna Ellis, and Ken Paxton. Um, so uh, Al Gelati will be joining us in studio. He represents those people. So it should be an interesting interview, uh, to say the least. Uh, and uh, coming up in hour number two, she is a former pastor from an evangelical family. She left her family because she wanted to be an OnlyFans model. She wanted to live her life, and she got out of that lifestyle. Uh, Nicole Mitchell is going to be joining us and plenty of... Uh, Pop culture stories and political stories. Alec Baldwin is actually being backed by SAG, and I'll tell you why I agree with them. Uh, he's facing manslaughter charges. Uh, that's a big story. Taylor Swift. You see all, all these uh, fake nudes that came out on X, and, and apparently Elon Musk has no problem with it. We're going to talk to her a little bit about that. And Jesse Jane, uh, dead at the age of 43. Uh, I have to start, ladies and gentlemen, by telling you, if you like what I do and if you support this show, please click on that subscribe button on the Occupy Democrats Network. It's only a cup of coffee. Only costs you $5 a month, and you're supporting what we do here, and you're going to get extra content from yours truly if you sign up and if you do that. Before I get into the Donald Trump news of the day, yes, in a courtroom in the E. Jean Carroll case, a um, friend of mine on the air yesterday gave me this Donald Trump bobblehead. Uh, does this look like Donald Trump at all, ladies and gentlemen? It looks like a movie star. That doesn't look like Donald Trump. Donald Trump is bloated. He wears five layers of orange makeup. That doesn't look like Donald Trump at all. I, I, listen, that's my criticism of it. I mean, I'll gladly make fun of Donald Trump and, and you know— all we need is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, wearing Donald Trump knee pads right here. Oh, wait, did I go there? I just did. But uh, speaking of which, Donald Trump is in a courtroom today, and a judge has admonished once again Trump's disgraced attorney, Alina Habba. Why? Because Habba tried to put new evidence for the jury to see today without showing it to the defense. And at one point, Habba gets up and the attorney tells her, yeah, for, you know, for lack of a better term, you're going to go to jail if you keep this behavior up. I mean, it really is unbelievable. Trump returned to the courtroom. And then when E. Jean Carroll's defense team brought up what they think Trump should pay up in damages in excess of $24 million, Trump stormed out of the courtroom and had his little uh, temper tantrum. And then he came back about a half an hour later and he has gone to social media. That's what Carroll's attorneys are asking the jury for $24 million. So what did Donald Trump do? He took to his truth social. He started posting on social media. And what is he saying about this case? Playing the bitch victim like he always does. He said, the courts are totally stacked against me. He said, we asked for one trial on the E. Jean Carroll false accusation case. By the way, it's not a false accusation. A jury has already found that Donald Trump committed sexual abuse. 
So every word out of Donald Trump's mouth in this statement is a lie. He goes on to say the judge wouldn't give it to us. He might as have two trials on the same hoax. Again, this is not a hoax. The jury already made their decision. He said on the second trial, they were allowed to use whatever information they wanted from the first, but we weren't allowed to use anything. Also not true. You have an incompetent defense team. As an example, the depositions they're using on the second trial were taken in the first. He wouldn't allow us to use the totally exonerating Anderson Cooper CNN interview on either trial. Okay, so first of all, that's again a lie. That is not exonerating in any way, shape, or form. They are referring to and what many right-wing turds refer to when they defend Donald Trump in this E. Jean Carroll case is an interview that E. Jean Carroll did with Anderson Cooper. And in that interview, even though I disagree with E. Jean Carroll, she said that she views a lot of people viewing rape as something sexy. Now, there might be some people that feel that way. I disagree with her characterization that many. In fact, E. Jean Carroll didn't characterize it as she feeling that way. Just because somebody makes a statement like that, Donald Trump is claiming they can't be the victim of rape. That is absurd. That is ridiculous. And if that's Donald Trump's defense, no wonder a jury found him guilty of sexual abuse. Uh, he goes on to say our ling- legal system is in shambles. Um, no, it's not. You're in shambles. Your legal situation is in shambles. You're the one facing 91 felony counts. You're the one facing four indictments. You're the one that's going to have to pay E. Jean Carroll millions of dollars with a jury deliberating as we speak. Your legal troubles are in shambles, not our justice system, Mr. Former President. He says this is another Biden demanded witch hunt. This has nothing to do with Joe Biden. The situation between Donald Trump and E. Jean Carroll has literally zero to do with Joe Biden. He said that this is uh, about my political opponent and this has been funded and managed by radical left Democrats. Again, no evidence, no more evidence to prove that as the 2020 election was stolen. He says the courts are totally stacked against me, have never been used against a political opponent like this. But in the end, we will win it all. No, you're not. You're not going to win it all. You're going to be a convicted felon. You are already found liable of sexual abuse. You're not winning. You're losing. And that's why Joe Biden earlier today called you a loser because you are. No woman wants to be anywhere near you unless they're being paid. He went on to say in another post, because Donald Trump, the orange turd, is losing his mind. He said Judge Kaplan refuses to allow the Anderson Cooper interview. Uh, Rape is sexy and numerous other things that totally exonerate me, which obviously doesn't. Judge Kaplan is refusing me my constitutional right to due process. No, he's not. That's another lie. To defend myself against the false accusation. It's not a false accusation. This is a one-sided trial. No, it's not. Where the other side is allowed everything and we are allowed nothing. Another lie. He is an extremely abusive individual. Isn't it interesting that Donald Trump, who has already been found liable for sexual abuse, is calling the judge presiding over the case abusive. (laughs) Folks, you cannot make this stuff up. Now, I don't know how much the jury is going to award E. Jean Carroll. E. Jean Carroll's attorneys are asking for $24 million. I would say it'll be somewhere in between that, maybe $10 to $15 million range. But Donald Trump is going to have to pay. And while all this stuff is going on, In this case, particularly, House Speaker Mike Johnson is warning in a new letter that the emerging 
border deal is dead on arrival. Why? Why is this deal dead on arrival? If Republicans care so much about the border, why won't they pass this bill and work with Democrats? Well, I think, ladies and gentlemen, we got a little insight from Mitt Romney as to why that is the case. And to some people, it won't be a surprise. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Donald Trump might have something to do with this because according to Mitt Romney and several other Republicans on the record, they are saying that Donald Trump does not want to fix the border crisis until he is president of the United States again. He doesn't care about the country. He doesn't care about the border crisis. He only cares about himself. Here's what Mitt Romney had to say. That he doesn't want us to solve the border problem because he wants to blame uh, Biden for it is uh, is really appalling. Oh, I, I think I think the border is a very important issue for uh, Donald Trump, uh, and the fact that he would communicate to uh, Republican senators and Congress people that he doesn't want us to solve the border problem because he wants to blame uh, Biden for it is uh, is really appalling. But the, but the reality is that, that we have a crisis at the border. The American people are suffering as a result of uh, what's happening at the border. Uh, and someone running for president ought to try and get the, the, you know, the problem solved as opposed to saying, hey, save that problem. Don't solve it. Uh, let me take credit for solving it later. I want you all to think about that for a second. And Mitt Romney is not lying. Think about that for a moment. Republicans have been screaming to high heaven, attacking and blaming Joe Biden for our border crisis. Now the Democrats and Joe Biden put together a deal. All of a sudden, Mike Johnson says it's going to be dead on arrival. Part of that deal is more money allocated for more border patrol agents and so on. Things that would secure our border or at least do a better job of securing our border. And now you have Donald Trump stepping in the way, by the way, not even an elected official, urging Republicans in the House to not help Democrats pass this bill, not because he doesn't like the bill, not because he doesn't, you know, like what Democrats are trying to do. It's got nothing to do with that. He doesn't care about border security, just like many of the Republicans that are MAGA in office today. They don't care about the border crisis. The only reason why they bring it up is because they want to attack Joe Biden and they want to do everything they can, even if it means lying and cheating and in some cases even breaking the law, fake electorate scheme, to try to get Donald Trump back into office. It's despicable. It's disgusting. I'm glad Mitt Romney is speaking up about it because in the end, these Republicans have an opportunity to do something good when it comes to the border, to secure the border. They have the opportunity and they are not going to vote in favor of it because Donald Trump doesn't want them to. What does that say about so many of these Republicans that are in office today? What would you call Mike Johnson? Things that I can't say on the air. And as I've said before, and I'll say again, I have respect for Liz Cheney, even though I disagree with her on a number of policy disagreements. So what? Liz Cheney is a woman who has some character and she has a moral compass. And she is now commenting on this border crisis and Donald Trump telling some House Republicans to not vote in favor of this bill because it would hurt him politically, he feels. He doesn't want to do what's best for the American people. He wants to do what's best for Donald Trump. Have a listen to what Liz Cheney had to say about this. If it's true that McConnell said, you know, basically, you know, we thought we had a deal, but now it looks like, you know, Trump's going to be the nominee and he wants to run on this. Um, I mean, that that is so cynical and and irresponsible. 
um, and, um, you know, surprising, frankly. Um, we all know how dangerous the situation is at the border. Um, I think, you know, as I said, the Biden administration, um, you know, deserves real criticism for the fact that they haven't secured the border. Um, but now for the Republicans, the Republican leader to be saying, well, we, we're not going to take any action because Trump doesn't want us to. Um, you know, that that just, I think, confirms what everybody's frustrations are about about politics today and is just really, really cynical and sad that that's the position they're taking. It really is. Uh, amen. I agree with Liz Cheney 100 percent. So if a Republican comes up to you. I don't care whether an elected official or not and starts complaining about the border and they start blaming Joe Biden. You stop them in their tracks and you say the Republicans had an opportunity to vote on this bill that would secure the border and they decided not to do it. And if they ask you why you tell them why, because Donald Trump didn't want to secure the uh, the border. He didn't want to help the situation if it is indeed a crisis. And the reason why he didn't want to do it is because he didn't want Joe Biden to get credit for it. And he wanted to wait until maybe he gets back into office. You Republicans have no leg to stand on now if you're going to start complaining about the border. And if I am Joe Biden and if I am his communication staff, I mention this every single time a reporter asked me about the border. We had a bill in place. It would have done this, this, and this. It would have helped secure the border, and Republicans didn't vote for it. And the reason why it was dead on arrival is because Donald Trump told them so. So I don't want to hear from Republicans about our border crisis. In fact, every time we talk about the border, I would now blame Republicans, and I would blame Donald Trump because they had an opportunity to do something about it, just like they have bills and an opportunity to do something about all the gun violence in this country. Do we remember the baby shortage uh, bill that was put forth? Do you remember when Republicans were complaining about the baby formula. Do we remember that? And they were blaming Joe Biden for it. And then Joe Biden and the Democrats put forth a bill that would have made sure that baby formula was put on the shelves. What did Republicans do? They voted against it because they would rather vote against something that is better for the American people. They would rather vote against that so that they can attack Joe Biden. Is that an America first agenda? It drives me nuts when MAGA Republicans say America first, make America great again. Is that making America first or is that making Donald Trump first Cheeto Jesus? I don't want to fix the crisis at the border because it might make Joe Biden look good. And Mike Johnson calls himself a good Christian, a man of Jesus. I don't want to fix the border crisis because I want to win the election in November and that might make Joe Biden look too good. Well, I got some bad news for you, Republicans. I got some bad news for you, Donald Trump. Joe Biden already does look good because inflation is down under 4% at 9% two years ago with the disgrace of an economy that you gave Joe Biden. Inflation is down. Gas prices are down. Unemployment is at an all-time low. It's been in 50 years. As Ben Shapiro say, your thoughts don't care about your feelings or whatever. Facts don't care about your feelings or whatever the hell that little weasel says. The fact of the matter is, compared to other countries that we compare ourselves to, we are doing great as far as the economy goes. The Nasdaq, way up. Unemployment, way down. Inflation, way down. Gas prices, way down. I can go on and on. Those aren't opinions. Those are facts. And then if you talk to a Republican and give them facts, a MAGA Republican, what will they say? 
Oh, well, that's not what people are feeling. So if I'm a guy walking down the street on the sidewalk and I say, wow, it doesn't feel like the earth is round. It feels like the earth is flat. Would you give me any validity to that statement? No, of course not. You'd probably call me an idiot and rightfully so. And that's what all of you people are. Well, it doesn't feel that way. I don't care what you feel like. The economy is doing very well. NASDAQ is doing very well. Unemployment is way down. Inflation's down. Gas prices down. And guess what? There's nothing Donald Trump could do about that, even though what he said is he wanted the economy to crash. Is that a make America first agenda? Make America great again? He wants the economy to clash. He wants a civil war. He doesn't want to pass this border security bill. All because he doesn't want Joe Biden getting any credit. And these are the Republicans that are support. This is the guy that the Republicans are supporting. Are you effing kidding me? It's a joke. And you can't debate with me the facts of where the economy is at right now and where it was compared to when Joe Biden took it over. You can't. Facts don't lie. And here I hear Republicans every single day. Every single day I hear Republicans, MAGA Republicans particularly, complaining about the border, all the illegals coming in, all the fentanyl, all the drugs. And now Democrats put forth a bill and the Joe Biden administration and the Democrats put forth a bill that would make us safer as a country. And I applaud him for doing so. And what do the Republicans do? They listen to Mr. Orange Turd. Oh, don't pass the bill. It'll make Joe Biden look too good. How could anybody support this man? How? Answer that question for me. I'll open up the phone lines now. Facts don't lie. Facts don't care about your feelings, as the weasel Ben Shapiro would say. Number to call, 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you would like to be a part of the conversation, this is the part of the show where we will be taking phone calls. 702-221-SAVE. 702-221-7283 is the number to call if you'd like to be a part of the conversation. And while all this is going on, as I mentioned, E. Jean Carroll's attorneys are asking for $24 million. The jury is now deliberating as we speak. Donald Trump had another hissy fit in the courtroom. He left the courtroom, couldn't handle it because Donald Trump has never been held accountable for anything in his entire life. He said it himself. And mark my words, E. Jean Carroll will be grabbing him by the wallet. That is 150%, ladies and gentlemen. The chickens are coming home to roost. Yes, that's right. Donald Trump is finally going to be held accountable. He's going to be held accountable for sexual abuse. He's going to be held accountable for a fake electorate scheme. He's going to be held accountable in part for what took place on January 6th. He's going to be held accountable for all those documents that he took to Mar-a-Lago and showed people without security clearances. He's going to be held accountable for the whole Stormy Daniels campaign finance violations. He is going to be held to account for the first time in his life. And he is in a lot of trouble. As are many people around him. I talked about Mr. Navarro yesterday, who was just sentenced to four months behind prison. Rudy Giuliani is probably going to end up going to jail as well. Everybody around Donald Trump is facing the music, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody around Donald Trump is facing the music. Donald Trump is going to have to pay up to E. Jean Carroll. And his only defense is look at what E. Jean Carroll said about rape on CNN with Anderson Cooper. It is absolutely and positively ridiculous, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. Again, that number to call if you'd like to be a part of the conversation, 
702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you would like to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-SAVE is the number to call. All right, let's get right to those, uh, let's get right to those phone lines. Now, who do we have first, uh, Justin? We have Henry first up on Pushing the Limits. Hello, Henry. Hello. Yes, sir. Go right ahead. Hey, whatever happened to the female guests you used to have on from the NAACP? What does that have to do with what we're talking about? I only take phone calls from people that are on topic, sir. Because um, you're a sexual predator yourself, buddy. Okay, so you called up to say I'm a sexual predator. Do you have anything else intelligent you'd like to say, sir? Nobody's ever uh, indicted me. I've never been in a courtroom for sexual assault. So would you have anything semi-intelligent? Uh, 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 Do you have anything, sir, semi-intelligent you'd like to say? Otherwise, I'm going to move on to the next call. I'm happy to have a conversation yeah, with you. If it's, sir, 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 I will have a conversation with you. But you started off this phone call off topic. And then you said I'm a sexual predator. Why is it that so many MAGA Republicans out there, when I speak facts, they call somebody a sexual predator? That's very. I guess that's my question to you, Henry. But if you'd like to actually talk about why you support Donald Trump or something you actually disagree with me on, if you're capable of having a conversation like that, Henry, I will have that conversation with you. Are you capable of having an adult conversation? Yes or no? You're a sexual Thank predator. you. Thank you, Henry. You're a very intelligent caller. Thank you very much. 702-221-7283. How dumb of a person do you have to be? In this case, I'm sure a MAGA person. When I speak facts and a guy actually uses his Trump fingers to call into the show, and the only thing he has to say to me is, you're a sexual predator. Meanwhile, the guy that he supports is already been found guilty of sexual abuse and he's going to have to pay up E. Jean Carroll. But all these MAGA people can do is show their anger and cough and say, no, you're a sexual predator. That guy's like uh, a second grader at recess, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, I think a second grader has probably more brains than him. 702-221-7283. Let's go to Eric. Eric is next on Pushing Limits. What's up, Eric? Yes, all he was despicable in addition to Donald Trump is Kevin Cruz. Losing by 32 okay. to Well, we're not, we're not really talking sports right now, Eric, but I do appreciate the phone call. Uh, two callers that are very much on topic. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Let's go to Ken. Ken is next up on Pushing the Limits. What's up, Ken? Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Ken. What's going on, my man? I absolutely can't believe those type of people are calling you. Yeah, I'm a sexual predator. Um, uh, Ken, can I ask? Well, it, go ahead, Ken. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just saying it's gonna. It scares me that people like that are voting, and they may come up with a president that I'm absolutely against. I just have a comment to make real quick, if I could. Sure. Is I I don't understand. At one time, Trump made a comment that said, um, "I don't care if it's good news or bad news, as long as you're on the news, it's good." All of these, I, I watch MSNBC specifically. And all it is is about Trump. That's all it ever is. And you don't hear about anything else going on in the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, or wars are, are different. And, and um, I'm kind of wondering also if you, if you, you know, maybe you know, who's running the Democratic reelection committee? Because I'm sitting there, I'm a big football fan, fan like billions of us. And as I'm watching something that both Republicans and Democrats watch, I'm looking at Republican ads. 
And I'm not. We're, we're the Democrats. So That's I agree. Uh, Ken, it's reaching a, the most people. So, Ken, it's a really good point that you bring up. And I talked about this a little bit yesterday, which is Joe Biden needs to run in his record. Uh, he did call Donald Trump a loser earlier. <laughs> Excuse me. He did call uh, Donald Trump a loser earlier today, which I agree with. But he needs to be more aggressive. Donald Trump is a liable sexual predator. Joe Biden needs to say that in front of the American people. Donald Trump is facing 91 felony counts, including breaking the Espionage Act. Joe Biden needs to reiterate that. And every single time now till November, every single time a Republican brings up the border crisis and they want to blame Joe Biden for it, every single time any Democrat needs to bring up the fact that they didn't do anything about it because Mr. Orange Turd told them not to. Joe Biden needs to bring that up. We had a bill that would have secured our border, or at least it would have helped. And Republicans are not even allowing it to hit their desk because Donald Trump told them not to because it would make Joe Biden look too good. Joe Biden and the Democrats need to emphasize that every single time one of these turds brings up the border crisis. It's not yet. I agree with that. It's not it's not just that. It's all the all the indictments. And I mean, what the hell is wrong with these people that they want somebody with like that in the office? Well, because they have no backbone, I mean, Ken, because they have no backbone no. and they have no moral compass. Did you see Tim Scott and his stupid smile standing behind Donald Trump? What an embarrassment Tim Scott is to this country and to, quite uh, frankly, I, minorities in this country. I'm I'm South Carolina myself, so. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to say this, okay? You might not like what I'm about to say here. I have some respect for Nikki Haley, but after all the despicable things that Donald Trump has said about her, she's probably going to endorse him. How can you respect that woman, even if after all the things she said about uh, her looks, her dress, uh, racist, borderline racist comments... And then in several weeks, we all know when she drops out of the race, she's going to do what so many of these other Republicans do. She's going to endorse Donald Trump. That's why I'm not listening to her, because it's no credibility. She's going to support this guy. Of course, she is just like the rest of them. Right. They're cowards. They're cowards, but not all of them. Let's remember. I, I was I was thinking that if there were to be a Republican president, I obviously don't want Trump. Yeah. But I thought if Nikki Haley were to get in there for some unknown reason, give a chance for Republicans to yeah. come back, at least the democ- uh, democ- democracy Democrat yeah. would, would not be democracy. Yeah. Well, Ken, she's no better. Be torn down. Ken, she's no better than Ted Cruz. I mean, you had Donald Trump that attacked the looks of Ted Cruz's own wife, and then it was Ted Cruz who's brown-nosed him for the last several years. It's despicable. Ken, it's good to hear from you, and I do appreciate yeah. the call, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, all right. Keep, keep going. Thank Hit you, sir. Hard. Thank you, sir. I will. You got my promise on that one. 702. 702- Two two one seven two eight three is the number to call. Let's go to David. David is next up on Pushing the Limits. Hi, David. Hi, how are you doing? Good, my friend. Uh, thank you for calling in. Where are you calling from? I keep forgetting to ask. I'm calling you. from Toronto, Canada. Ah. But we are American citizens, and we do vote in New York State. Yes, sir. Well, uh, happy, happy Friday, sir. What you got for me? Uh, Brian, as I'm sure you know, Elise Stefanik actually told a reporter that she believes Jean Carroll is lying. And she said the media distort everything. (laughs) And when the reporter tried to point out to her that it wasn't the media that found Trump guilty, 
it was a jury. Right. She just ignored it. And I think it's pretty obvious the reason at least Stefanik is behaving this way is that she is auditioning yeah. for Trump's vice presidential pick. A hundred percent. And let me be very clear. And I'm glad you mentioned that because you bring up. Well, that's why I called in. I wanted you to address that. And I will. It's very important. And I will. And you're right. So let me be very clear on this. And I'm sorry if I'm being a little graphic. Not at all. If Donald Trump raped a woman live on television, I still believe Elise Stefanik would support him. That's who Elise Stefanik is. It doesn't matter what Donald Trump does. It doesn't matter whether he's found guilty in a courtroom. In this case, it could be a liable sexual abuser or rapist. That's the word I would use. People like Elise Stefanik wear the Donald Trump knee pads, and she will do and say anything to brown-nosed Donald Trump. That's what many others in the MAGA GOP will do today. They are despicable as far as I am concerned. And she is a despicable and an embarrassing human being with no backbone, no moral compass. And she would throw her own family down the gutter if it meant defending Donald Trump. She is a disgrace. Simply put. Thank you. For, I couldn't yep, agree. Yep, more. yep. And I'm glad you brought that up, sir, because we need to remind people. What is going on in this country right now with the border crisis? And yes, I do think it's a crisis. The Democrats and Joe Biden have put forth a bill that would help secure our border. And the only reason why these MAGA Republicans won't even let it hit their desk is because the orange turd told them, don't pass the bill because it'll make Joe Biden look good. Let's pass it when I'm in office again in November. What would you call those people? The same types of people like the Stefanics of the world, who, by the way, Donald Trump called uh, Stepanik, doesn't even know how to pronounce her name. You would call these people despicable. You would call them deplorables. And that's who at least Stefanik is. She is a, dis- a deplorable and a despicable human being. And if I ever had the opportunity, I would absolutely say it to her face. I would hope that in the future, Brian, you might devote more time to people like her simply because at present they are the future of the Republican Party. They are. Which You're right. Which shouldn't how bad the situation is. You are correct. I mean, the good people, even people that I don't always agree with, but people that I have respect for, Liz Cheney, out, out of the party. Mitt Romney's going to be outed. You know, uh, uh, Adam Kinzinger. There are good Republicans in this country, but the MAGA base will not allow them to remain in power because it is a cult. That's why it's a cult. And, and uh, I appreciate the call, sir. Uh, how are your Toronto Maple Leafs doing, by the way? I, I don't follow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Politics, politics is my spectators. I hear you, my friend. Well, I'm glad you found the show and you're welcome to call back anytime. And I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Thank you very All right. much, Brian. Appreciate that. And he brings up a very, very good point. Stefanik is an absolute disgrace. 702-221-7283 is the number to call if you would like to be a part of the conversation. I believe we have Arlene on the line next. Um, let's go to Arlene. Arlene is next on Pushing the Limits. Hi, Arlene. Thanks for calling in. Uh, where are you calling from, Arlene? I live outside of Los Angeles in Whittier. So oh, okay, hello cool. again. Hello, Arlene. Yeah, Thanks for yep, calling in. Yep. Democrat, Democrat. Yep. Um, so one of the things, you know, we keep bringing up the obvious. Stefanik uh, and now uh, the guy, Scott, from Carolina. Right. What about all these other people who call themselves 
uh, Republicans, like the lady, what's her name, Rogers from, yeah. is she yeah. from Washington, Oregon? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where are those people that they too now are thinking it's okay to be a MAGA Trumpster? Uh, so, so you know, we, we say the obvious, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Stefanik, and whoever right. else is always on TV. Right. What about calling out the other? Well, let me tell you something. I will call out anybody who listens to Donald Trump when he says, don't vote for this bill to pass. Exactly. uh, Exactly. Because it it will make Joe Biden look good and make no mistake about it. That is why Mike Johnson and that is why these House Republicans won't even let it hit their desk because they will do and say anything that Donald Trump tells them to do. It is despicable. It could be a fake electorate scheme, which we know that some of these Republicans were a part of. It could be a part of January 6th or defending the actions of those evil terrorists. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, I don't know. He must be a professional hypnotizer. Uh, I I don't know what I don't know where the moral compass is with so many of these Republicans. Well, let's go back to those cults where those hundreds of people drank the juice. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and, yeah. and I mean, how did they get to that point? The same with uh, with the uh, orange man. The thing is, yeah. is that you're right. I want to go back to what you said earlier. And it, it's right. When someone tells you, oh, the, well, you know, I, I don't have any money in my pocket. Yeah. Well, that isn't because of the economy, because we are doing better. And we I are. know some of us are doing better than others, but as a whole, we, we really are doing great. Yeah, we are comparing and, the economy uh, to when Donald Trump left office or when he was forced to leave office. We are not comparing right. the economy to pre-COVID because that's not the economy that Joe Biden took over. That's right. And I appreciate the call, Arlene. It's good to hear from you right, living right there outside of Los Angeles. Be well, my friend. And I appreciate your call. You Thank too. you. Thank you so much. 702-221-7283. All right. I always love hearing from my MAGA supporters. Charles is next. Hello, Charles. What's going on? Good, Brian. Are we going to have a conversation I've and not do- get cut off? I've been doing so that with every caller. I've been doing that about every right, caller. So with every talk- caller. All right. So let's let's address some of the things that you've been saying about the border, which is a complete lie. What did I say that's a lie? What, what did taxes? I say that's a lie? I'm going to get into it if you let me finish. Okay, please say. So why did Joe Biden go to the Supreme Court and ask Texas to remove their razor wire and their National Guard and all their... Charles, 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 this is why I interrupt you. You just called me a liar. I'm not interested in hearing any more of your rhetoric until... Sir, Charles, Charles, no, you stop. You started this... Charles, Charles, I'm going to pod you down now. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. You just called me a liar. Okay, MAGA, here's the way we play this game. When you call somebody a liar, tell them exactly what they said on the air that was a lie. Example, Trump is a liar. He didn't win the 2020 election. Why? There's no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Charles, I'm going to give you one opportunity, and I'm not going to waste my time. What did I say? What did I say on the air that's a lie? Go. Brian, why did Joe Biden go to the Supreme Court? You don't ask me a question with a question. You don't ask me. No, 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 no. no. What did I say? That's a lie. Hey, 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 MAGA, answer the question. You called me a liar. How many times do I have to ask it? What did I specifically say? That's a lie. Go. That the that 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 Republicans don't want the border secure. Hey, guess what? Guess what? Let me ask you a question now. Okay. 
You're cl- uh, now there are Republicans out there. Donald the Trump. Court, Donald Trump. Is he a Republican or a Democrat? Brian, we're talking about. Donald, no, no, no. Border. We're talking about the border. We're talking about the border. Donald Trump told House Republicans he did not want the bill to pass. And the reason why he didn't want the bill to pass is because he didn't want Joe Biden looking good. Several Republicans that were on that call have been on the record and told the media what Donald Trump told them. Donald Trump, last I checked, is a Republican. So explain that to me. Is that somebody who wants to fix the border or is that somebody that only is in it for himself? Answer the question. Okay, I'll help you. Trump is not in office. There's your answer. Donald to your Trump is a Republican who's running for president of the United Donald States, Trump and he's the face of the party. Office. It's on Joe Biden's watch. Oh my God! You won't even answer a question. Honestly, you have no, no, no intellectual no, honesty. Donald answer Trump. Mine. Donald Trump. I am. If you could actually pay attention and listen, answer Donald Trump. Question. Why don't you listen? Donald Trump is the leader of the Republican Party. Whether oh, you want to admit God. it or not. Oh, he's not. Donald Trump There's isn't the leader of the party. What about ism? Mike what? Johnson. No, it's Inside not. You see, you just said Republicans want to fix the border. You don't even know what what about ism they is. They're fixing it. Oh, really? Why did Biden get a and, and you order? think Barb Wire is Why fixing the border? Biden get a Supreme Court. Sure, I'll answer that. First of all, sir, Barb Wire, some people would characterize that as a little bit barbaric. There are people that have oh, died because God. of Now I know you don't care about a bunch of brown people crossing the border illegally, but here's here's the thing. Pot them down again. Here's the thing. You don't want to answer a blatant question and you say that I lied. Now obviously I didn't say anything that would be a lie, and you're an idiot for even calling me a liar because you can't back it up with anything. You want to talk about a Supreme Court ruling, which is an opinion that I have, that I believe it's a little bit inhumane and barbaric. That's not a lie. That's called an opinion. You see, you don't know the difference between an opinion and a lie. Number two, you said Republicans want to fix the border. And then when I bring up Donald Trump and his ridiculous statements he made to House Republicans yesterday, your excuse is, Oh, he's not in office. Hey, hey, buddy, Donald Trump is the leader of the Republican Party, whether you want to admit it or not. He's the leader of the party, and he is going to be the Republican nominee to try to be the next president of the United States. And your excuse is, oh, he's not a Republican. Mike Johnson is the House Speaker. The reason why Mike Johnson won't sign off on this and he won't let it hit his desk is because of what Donald Trump told him. And I'm sorry, sir, you can't put two uh, cohesive sentences together. Have a nice day, buddy, okay? Have a nice day. You're a liar, and you're a nitwit. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Let's go to Lori. Lori is next up on Pushing the Limits. Hello, Lori. Hi. (laughs) What's up, You having fun again? Oh, (laughs) yeah. Hey, you know, isn't that a play from the Donald? You're a liar. Brian, you're a liar. You know, they'll call a Democrat a liar. They do it all. Oh, really? What did I lie about? Oh, well, the the, the Supreme Court decision, uh, that's not a lie. It's an opinion. These people don't even know what a lie is. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I digress. Go ahead, Lori. I know. I know. That's okay. I want to talk about Johnson. Sure. So let's let's remember when uh, McCarthy began to work with Biden and uh, extended the budget, they threw his butt out. Right. They want nothing to do with that. When... Johnson actually did the same thing and extended it again the second. I don't know if you were on social media that day, but the second he did that, there was all this noise. They were going to throw his butt out. Right. Yep. But I'm thinking, yeah, the way government works, they already knew this 
border patrol thing was in the works. Yeah. They already knew they were negotiating in Senate with this. So they kept him in there because they knew he was a really useful tool. Yeah. And by not letting this go to vote, it's just sort of, I don't even know the word. But they're they're yeah. they're really afraid that they're not going to get the vote. Well, and, and if, I think if, I think what if he knew that it wasn't yeah. going to pass, he'd let it go to vote. You know what I think they're but afraid he of? He didn't let it go to vote because I, it may just yeah, pass. Exactly. And you know what they're afraid of? Donald Trump is is telling us in real time he doesn't want Joe Biden right. to quote look good, and he would rather right. uh, hurt our country. Whether it be drugs, you know, crossing the border, uh, you know, uh, illegals, migrants, you name it. If it's good for the country, Donald Trump doesn't care. He only cares about him and and winning in November. And then when this guy calls in, this MAGA supporter, last caller, and he says Republicans do want to fix the border, then I say the front runner of the Republican Party in the face of the party, Donald Trump, he doesn't want to fix the border. He told House Republicans that on the phone yesterday because he doesn't want Joe Biden to look good. And this guy's excuse to it is, oh, well, he's not an elected official. I mean, I mean, I can't have a conversation with people like that. It's so idiotic. Right, right. That's like uh, my plumber calling Congress and saying, hey, don't do this, you yeah, know, yeah. and it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm right. You're right, Lori. There's really you're, no you're different. Right. It is no different. You're absolutely right. I agree with that analogy. Lori, it's good to hear from you, and I do appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. 702-221-7283. Let's go to Roy. Roy is next on Pushing the Limits. What's up, Roy? Hi, Brian. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? Okay. First, um, the, he also wants the economy to crash now so he right. could also look look better. But um, one thing that you're wrong about, this was actually a bipartisan agreement in the mm-hmm. Senate. Correct. For this border bill. Correct, but it my wasn't just the Democrats. Cor- correct, but my opinion is still the same on why these GOP House Republicans won't won't vote it in. My opinion still stays. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. The, the House, I mean, they're a perfect example why the two party system doesn't work. But the, it's a, it's a problem. They vote by party, not for the people. Of course. And the one thing that I think we can all look forward to is Trump going to the House, but not the White House, the big house. <laughs> well, that so, might happen. With that, that might happen. Yeah. Well, that's what we got to look forward to. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I wanted to say. Have Thank a good you, weekend. Thank you, Roy. You have a good weekend as well, Roy. I appreciate the phone call, sir. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Here we go. I always love my MAGA supporters. Just If they could just make sense for once, that's, that's all I ask for. If you're going to call me a liar or a name, I don't have a problem with that at all. Just back it up with facts. Brian, you're a liar. You're a liar. Oh, why am I a liar? The Supreme Court, Joe Biden. It's just, I, I didn't even talk about that today. It's just ridiculous. Let's go to Julie. Julie is next on Pushing the Limits. What's up, Julie? Hello, Brian. Um, I have a question. Uh, please answer my question, and then you can ask me any question you want. Have you read the bill? Have you go and read in the bill in detail? I have read the bill in detail, actually. In fact, I went through it a couple days ago, so I made sure that when I talked about it on the air today that I would be educated on it. Have you read the bill? Yes. Okay. And are you okay with sending uh, $15 billion to Ukraine for her border security and to allow illegals to come into our country? What does country? Ukraine have to do and with I, border let security? Let me finish because no, the, border, I don't understand. the border bill yeah. the border bill is tied to the Ukraine-Israel and the Indo-Pacific okay. conflict. So what do you disagree in the bill? So Tell me what you, you disagree okay with. 
Okay, are you, that's why we Republicans are blocking the bill because we cannot fund, be funding other countries and allow millions and millions of illegals to pour into a country when we gotcha. are paying for so, we are paying for so, illegal. Are so, you okay to prioritize prioritize illegals over American Brian? Yes okay, no. so you're not making any sense with the question you asked, yes, as usual. Excuse sense. me, this is you my... Julie, this is my... Ter- Potter down again. You don't shut up. You ask me a question, give me a chance to respond and answer it. I have to pod you down because you don't know how to be quiet. I have to treat you like a child because your brain works like one. Now, you don't like the bill because you don't like the money we're sending to Ukraine. So, Julie, would you rather not have a bill at all? Would you rather not allocate any funds to the border crisis? You see, a lot of House Republicans, and the last caller, Roy, is correct. This is a bipartisan bill. There are many Republicans that help put this bill together with Democrats. And the only reason why MAGA Republicans are voting against it, the only reason, is because Donald Trump told him and told them not to pass it. So a lot of the Republicans actually disagree with you. If Donald Trump didn't call them yesterday, this bill would actually pass. So what you're saying is, I don't like in this bill the money that is allocated towards Ukraine. So you know what? I don't want to vote for this bill and I don't like this bill because I don't like everything in the bill. So what you're going to get is nothing and the border will remain the same. Do you not understand the difference there? If you vote against this bill, nothing is going to change at the border. Do you not understand that? Sometimes people vote for bills, even though if they don't agree with everything in the bill. Does that not make any sense to you, Julie? Can I speak? Can I speak? I just asked you a question. Okay. We don't need any border bill because we have to mimic what Trump did that actually worked. Okay, got you. So we'll mimic we'll mimic what Trump did. Build 16 percent of the wall, lie and say Mexico is going to pay for it. That's a very intelligent take, Julie. Thank you so much. Maybe we should also mimic Donald Trump facing 91 felonies. Maybe we should also mimic Donald Trump with sexual abuse. Maybe we should also mimic Donald Trump and wearing five layers of makeup every time he gets on a stage. Mimic Donald Trump. Well, Julie, I'll be honest with you. You do a very good job in mimicking Donald Trump. So I definitely will give you credit for that. Let's take one more phone call. Then we got to go to break. Let's go to Gary. Gary, what's up? Thank you. I, I want to say a couple of things, but there's not enough time. I want to say if, if, if I'm not intimidated, scared of the PMS 13 gang members in New York, uh, why should I be afraid of you? And I want to say something else. What? I wait. If, I don't. I don't you're follow. Not a corporate wall. If, wait, wait. If you're not a corporate welfare bum like Wayne Allen Root, why should I send you five dollars? Uh, if you have Julia on all the time, Just stop boring me. Get some interesting callers on here. Oh well, and, uh, I, 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 let's, let's well I'll it say up. it. Well, I'll say it this way. And thank you for the call, by the way, Gary. I'll I'll say it this way. I will always take callers from MAGA. And the reason why I will always take those calls, because it's fun to destroy them and show how show how some of them are so ignorant to actual facts, ignorant to what is going on in this country. And they just listen to Donald Trump and they listen to every word he says. So I will always take their calls and call them out for their idiocy. Thank you for the call. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back. We're going to be joined by a guy. His name is Al Jelani. He's going to be joining us in studio. He runs the Big Red Consulting firm, 
And he has uh, represented clients such as George Santos, Jenna Ellis, Ken Paxton, just to name a few. Controversial figures. I think that's fair. Uh, He's also an author. He's got a new book out called Division. So we're going to be talking about that with him as well. So stick around and we'll be taking some more phone calls coming up at 702-221-7283. We'll be back in 90 seconds with Al. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Did you know that 99% of air conditioning issues start with airflow issues? Well, guess what? Pioneer Air has your back. They've been operating for 20 years in the industry within the Las Vegas area. Large enough to handle all your air conditioning and heating needs, but small enough to know your first name. Pioneer Air focuses on preventative care, much like wellness checks for humans. They believe in wellness checks for air conditioning and heating systems to extend the life of the system you own. So what are you waiting for? Schedule your wellness check with Pioneer Air today. The number to call is 702-831-4840. Here's the best news. Mention this ad and you'll receive 10% off. Call Pioneer Air today, 702-831-4840. That number again, 702-831-4840. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits, the fastest growing radio show in the Valley. And now we've expanded our reach to include live stream ads on social media with over 20,000 daily views. So are you ready to take your business to the next level? Then get in on the action. Our team will put together the right ad package for you that meets your business needs. So what are you waiting for? Send us an email, sales at ptlradioshow.com. That's sales at ptlradioshow.com and reach your target audience while maximizing the advertising impact of your business. That email again, sales at ptlradioshow.com. That's sales at ptlradioshow.com. 
As a three-time international award-winning restaurant, Joe's New York Pizza uses only the freshest and best available ingredients. From giant slices of hand-tossed pie to calzones, strombolis, fingers, and wings, Joe's serves all your favorites. Stop in for a slice at one of their two Las Vegas locations at Paradise and Harmon or South Las Vegas Boulevard, or you can check out their menu at joesnewyorkpizzalv.com. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. Broadcasting everywhere on the FMAM dial, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, the Occupy Democrats Network, and all those those comments are streaming in, man. See, but that's what I love about doing a show like this because, you know, we just took a bunch of phone calls for like 45 minutes. MAGA supporters, Democrats. I love it. Doesn't mean I'm always going to agree with you, but I, I love doing that and I love taking those types of calls. And, um, you know, that's what I do on this show. We switch it up. And uh, the guy joining us in studio right now is somebody that has uh, consulted and worked with, I think it's fair to say, some controversial figures, uh, people that are in the news, so to speak. He's represented George Santos, Jenna Ellis, Ken Paxton. Uh, Some interesting characters, that's for sure. And we're certainly trying to get George Santos on the show. His name is Al Jelani, and he's from Big Red Consulting. He's also the author of a book called Division. And uh, I appreciate you being here, Al. How are you? Thanks for being here. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Sure. Don't don't be afraid to talk right into that microphone. It won't bite you, I promise. (laughs) I might bite you, but no, I'm just just kidding. Um, So first of all, thank you so much for being here. How long have you been in this business, by the way, of of consulting and working with with, with prominent people? So I've um, been in the political world for about 10 years. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know... um, did some work uh, on the Trump campaign and then moved on to work at working at some firms and started my own a couple years ago and um, first started just, you know, the bread and butter of uh, campaigning, groundwork, that kind of stuff. And then it kind of morphed into media and comms and ground and field and um, and um, door knocking and digital and all kinds of things there. And about, um, I want to say a year and a half ago, we started our books division of our company. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's now morphed into helping authors turn their stories into not only books, but also documentaries and movies and, um, getting wow. them all the media. Some of my favorite movies started out as books. Yeah. If that makes sense. And then they turn into, you know, great yeah. movies and, and, uh, you know, over the years. Um, so the book is a proof of concept for how successful, uh, that story might go. So we love starting with a written book. Um, like, a, you know, there's got to be yeah. a holy grail of what this story is about. And the book allows us to do that. And our firm is one of the only firms in the nation that actually can help books get sold. And we guarantee uh, bestseller status on mm-hmm. books. We guarantee media spots on them. So we oh, know cool. if we help with that front, it's much easier to get a yes when it's time to shop out that book to be mm-hmm. turned into something bigger. Cool. Uh, that that's mm-hmm. super. That's a super cool industry that you're in. All right. So I'm sure you get this question all the time. But how do you develop a relationship with like a George Santos? Does he reach out to you? Do you reach out to them? How does that relationship start? Well, um, I think in the uh, at least in in the Republican consulting world, a lot of it is, um, you know kind of word of mouth, uh, you know, uh, referrals and things like that. So once um, you start being successful on one front, 
um, people are going to know very quickly, you know, who's involved where. Um, as you already know, you can look up any vendor working for any campaign or any politician uh, just on FEC.gov. It's very quick. It's very easy mm-hmm. to figure out who's working where, who's involved, what they're doing, uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, once your name is out there, um, you know, we did a lot of work in, uh, you know, blue districts uh, out mm-hmm. in California. Um, you know, we had some stuff in Florida that was really good. And over time, you kind of build a reputation for what your niche of the political sphere is. Sure. No, that makes sense. Now, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people ask you this, but like we see these politicians or controversial figures, for lack of a better term, in front of the camera. Right. If you don't mind me asking you. What is a George Santos like when he's not in front of the camera, when when, when he's just uh, among friends or people that he does visit? Is he the same guy? Is he different? Yeah, I think um, I think, you know, this this doesn't just apply to George. I think it applies to um, kind of everyone that we've yeah. worked with and anyone that we, you know, I think, um, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a full blooded Republican always will be and will always defend our our policy stances and all of that but um you know i think i think uh i don't think there's any difference in um in what they are one on one you know compared to what they are on tv or in front of the camera but you or hear that, that kind about of thing. donald trump like i do hear even though i you know and you know this about me i am anti donald trump even though my friend just got me this donald <laughs> trump bobblehead um i am anti donald trump i am for a lot of different reasons, but I do hear from a lot of people. I once interviewed uh, Judge Janine from Fox mm-hmm. News, and she said, you know, this is how he is. He's so personable behind closed doors. He's so different when the cameras on mm-hmm. our Amy Tarkanian, the former you know, chair of the Nevada uh, Republican Party here. She's anti-Trump now, but she said, you know, he just has that charm about him when the cameras aren't on mm. him. And I think – well, You're I right. think I, I think he's charming both ways, but both really in front of that? the camera and that? yeah, I like, think. Okay, but let me ask you this: as a lifelong Republican, um, when he goes after Nikki Haley's dress, I think we all could agree. Nikki Haley, mm-hmm. she's an educated woman. We can disagree on you know some of her policies or things. Educated woman, pretty darn good resume, distinguished, you know, experience. Is that what you want? I mean, do you want a guy up there on a stage, whoever it is? attacking a woman on her looks i just i don't think that's charming i just think that's that's beneath the oath of the office that's just my personal i, I don't know how I, I want i want someone who's going to stand up for our values and our policy points and not be a sellout to mm-hmm. big media and big tech and big medicine and big pharma mm-hmm. and he's shown time and time again that he is a defender of the common person and Nikki Haley has shown time and time again that she will sell out if she needs to. Well, I agree with you on the fact that she will probably support Donald Trump in a couple of weeks when she backs out. I would agree with that sentiment with a lot of Republicans that say things behind Donald Trump's back or a Ted Cruz that will say how despicable Donald Trump is and then will brown nose him for four years. So I don't disagree with you um, on that. What is your biggest criticism of Democrats today in 2024? I think that um, the bread and butter issues that are affecting most common Americans are mm-hmm. not being addressed by the Democratic Party. And that's why so many people are, you know, now on Team Trump, um, because I think economic issues, a border issue, those things are not getting the attention that they deserve. And instead, Democrats are focusing on 
gender and race and all of these things that while there might be some things there that, you know, might need to be addressed. Um, it's not the largest priority for most Americans. Most Americans are just trying to keep a roof over their heads and food on the table. And I think that, um, and especially working class Americans have completely mm -hmm. been left behind by the Democratic Party. So I Party. agree with you uh, with some of what you said. I do think that most Americans, not Democrats or Republicans, uh, they want to talk about the economy, their job, you know, like you said, roof uh, on their heads, food. I agree with that. Am I wrong in characterizing it as saying when I hear about drag queen reading and banning books and how transgender surgery is the end of the world and all that, that that stuff, to me anyway, is not coming from the left. It's coming from the right. Am I wrong in characterizing it that way? Yes, because the right is only reacting to the left coming in and saying, oh, you know, we have to protect tra uh, trans kids and that means – cutting off the appendages of seven-year-old boys and giving, you know, um, what they call gender-affirming care. But we've mm -hmm. seen in many cases in Texas, that's meaning, you know, giving things, androgen blockers to boys and uh, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yes, the right is standing up against that and should because uh, it is child abuse. So yeah, it's a reaction to the left. Most Republicans want less government, right? Fair, fair to say? Yeah. They don't want government involved. So what do you think about the abortion issue? Well, I think I think everything isn't, you know, completely black and white. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, less government is good, but also we have to protect our most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, that's we have to protect life. Um, you know, that's kind of uh, what this country was founded on. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, I guess you could call me I'm a libertarian when it comes to some issues and I lean to the left on some social issues. I agree. I don't want the government involved. Um, do I think it sounds extremely healthy and great when a six-year-old has transgender surgery? And by the way, I don't think that's happening at a very alarming rate in this country. I think it's pretty rare. Um, but, I, but, uh, but my opinion, I don't want my opinion to interfere in what the parents decide, what a doctor decides, what a physician decides, what a psychologist decides, right? I mean, I think we both could agree in this. Um, even though we might agree a little bit on this issue, it's not like a seven-year-old could just walk into a hospital and get transgender surgery. There's a process they have to go through. And while we might not agree with it, I don't want to tell parents what to do. I don't want to tell you, you have to get a vaccine. And by the way, I've been very consistent on that. Um, I don't think vaccines should have ever been mandated. However, I don't want people mocking me for getting a vaccine. I always have told people, listen to your doctor. He knows your personal medical, you know what I mean? And, and I don't understand how we ever got to this point where it got so political. And I'm not blaming just Republicans for that. Certainly it became political on the left too. But I still hear people like mocking people for getting, oh, how many boosters did you get? It's like, dude, it's none of your business. It's between me and my doctor. It's my own. If you don't want to get vaccinated, fine. That's your business. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Now, if you're in a private business and they say you have to wear a mask like a couple of years ago, then if you don't want to wear a mask, then get the hell out of the business, right? I mean, I just don't want to interfere in other people's lives. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I think if we all had that attitude for the most part, then I think we wouldn't be at each other so much when it came to vaccines and you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I fully agree with yeah. you on that. I, I, I didn't get the vaccine personally, but I would yeah. never ding someone that decided to get it. Um, you know, so that's, yeah. that's kind of my, yeah, stance. I just, I don't understand that, you know, and, 
And I just and, and the vaccine was created under the Trump administration. So right. I, mean, I wanted to ask you about that because I have no problem giving Donald Trump credit for Operation Warp Speed, right? Mm-hmm. But yet there are so many Republicans, not you, I'm not saying you, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of Republicans in this country that call the vaccine poison. And I'm like, well, listen, man, you can't have it both ways. By the way, I don't think the vaccine's poison. But like it, Operation Warp Speed, great. We got the vaccine out there quickly. It, it, it probably saved millions of lives. I think that's probably um, fair to, to, to assume that. Why do you think it's turned so political? Well, I think, um, I think the vaccine hesitancy, I mean, movement, I mean, it, it, it's been out there for a while. I don't think it took, it, it came to the national stage mm-hmm. until this COVID vaccine. But I think sentiments were brewing for a while around, you know, vaccine safety and what was in the vaccines yeah. and how effective these things are and what the long term, mm-hmm. you know, ramifications are. Um, and so I think this was just a, it was just an opportune moment for that movement to be able to get, you know, um, its message out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think also, I think just helping people to ask themselves, like, why are we taking these vaccines? Is there really a benefit here? Um, I don't want to say I'm not a science denier or a vaccine, you know, denier or anything like that. I think people need to do what's best for them. But also with anything, any kind of therapeutic, there is a cost to benefit ratio. So, well, sure, think- every vaccine has a risk. Mm-hmm. Every vaccine has a risk. Um, but you know, when it comes to that, you know what? It, you know, listen. Are there people out there that said if you take the vaccine, you, you can't get COVID, you can't spread it? Sure. But there are also people out there that'll say the vaccines have killed millions of people, and that's also not true. So I think there's a little bit to go around, um, mm. and I think we need to, you know, reach somewhere in the middle. And I think the middle, and you tell me if you disagree, because we're both not doctors, right? I get that, but the middle to me would be: listen, there's always going to be some side effects to vaccines. However, we were in a global pandemic; we needed something. We needed something fast. The vaccines, over half the world has taken the vaccines. They're overwhelmingly safe and it did save lives. And if you took the vaccine, uh, you had a much lesser chance of going into the ICU or dying, according to pretty much every study that's out there. You, you could have given it to someone else. You could have got it yourself. Didn't stop you. But it did help in the process of hopefully you don't die or you don't go into the ICU. Um, and like I said before, I, I never thought the vaccine should have been forced on anybody. I I. I Stand by that. And you're talking mm-hmm. to somebody who almost died from the vaccines, right? Or not, I'm sorry, not the vaccines, almost died from COVID. I was in the hospital for two weeks, you know, in the ICU. That was before the vaccines came out. I got the vaccine. I got COVID several other times. It was a minor cold. But I don't know. Does that make sense? Because I try to be yeah. reasonable, you know, about it. And I don't want to, I would never tell somebody what to do. I just say, listen to your personal doctor. Don't listen to anybody. Don't listen to Don Lemon any more than Tucker Carlson. They're not doctors, right? Listen to your doctor. Yeah, That's- I think I think the I'll say I think the death rate plummeted, um, you know, for, from COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was maybe a combination of a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe the vaccine. There are so many confounding var- variables that we don't know. I think for sure. Well, oh, antibodies, and say, if you got it once, the chances are you're, you're going to your body's well. Right, and then the, the therapeutics improved. Also, the the. Yeah. The process of care changed. We stopped using ventilators. Yeah, that was a, not a good of, idea. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of uh, things we've learned mm-hmm. now from, you know, handling the virus. Sure. And, and, uh, it was very new. The world wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. We weren't ready for it. And, and God forbid if something like this ever happens again, that hopefully we'll be better prepared for it. Yeah. And, uh, and move on, uh, from there. So you've worked with Jenna Ellis. 
another somewhat controversial figure, right? She was a big Trumper. Now, not so much. What do you make of her situation? Um, I think it's an interesting situation for sure. Um, I think, you know, um, I think when you look at her situation or anyone else's that stepped away out of Trump world, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot more that's going on there than we think, uh, or that we see, mm -hmm. um, you know, these, these people were extremely loyal. Right. And then, you know, um, the other issue I think in that space is, um, a lot of people are of course in it for themselves. They're trying to, right. uh, you know, get something out of that, whether it's money or power or clout right. or, yeah. or their own national brand. And maybe when they're not getting it or those doors are not being mm -hmm. as open as they want them to be, mm -hmm. uh, there is some, some falling out that can happen. And I want to bring up a name and I agree with you. Um, Mike Lindell. I don't know if you've ever worked with Mike Lindell. I believe he became close to Trump because he thought that it would help him in free advertising. And he, and it, it for a little bit there, it did work, right? He did all these interviews that the 2020 election was stolen, this symposium that was a disaster, but. At least when you look at where he's at now, it backfired on him, right? It really, and I'm not saying he turned on Trump. I don't think he's done that, but it's backfired on him. I mean, he couldn't even afford ads on Fox News anymore. Fox News said that he didn't pay his bill. And now, you know, so it's, it, you look at somebody, uh, you know, again, like a Navarro who just got sentenced to four years in jail. Michael Cohen, his former attorney, Rudy Giuliani, who is filing for bankruptcy. Rudy Giuliani, too many people, including myself. After 9-11, I looked at him as a hero. The way he handled 9-11, the courage he showed, and he helped a lot of people through a disastrous right situation. And look at where he's at now. Um, why is it? Why? And you alluded to it, but why is it that all these people, not all of them, but at least some of them that surround themselves in that Trump circle are where they are now? Why? Is it their fault? Is it Trump's fault? Well, I think, I think there's, there's several classes of individuals. I don't think they can all be put into one basket, mm -hmm. but I think, uh, the ones that are, you know, still involved and still loyal, like your Mike Lindell, your Rudy Giuliani, uh, you know, there has been weaponization from the left to take down anybody that's working with the president, uh, or that has worked with the president. Um, so I think those kinds of people are still, you know, loyal and they're still, you know, committed to the movement and a lot is being taken away, away from them, you know, because of that. And then you've got others that have turned and have acquiesced with the other side for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, that's, that's a completely different, um, class of people. And, um, you know, but I think, I think they're two different groups and, um, I still think Rudy Giuliani, you know, is still a hero for, you know, how he managed and handled 9-11. Um, I don't take anything away from him for that. Mm -hmm. I'm just very disappointed in the things he's done in the past several years. You know, fake electorate scheme, holding these press conferences and, and defaming these two women who did nothing wrong. You know, that whole uh, uh, th those two election workers. It's like, come on, man, what are you doing? I'm, I'm like, what happened to this guy? But don't, don't you think that the, what has happened to him, um, has been a little bit drastic and uncalled for? I mean, in what, um, what case or what, I mean, uh, the, with the elect, with the election workers, for example, mm -hmm. do you really think 
that the damages were hundreds of millions of dollars? So if you're asking me my opinion on what they deserve, I'll answer it like this. Drunk driver. I know um, a woman who lost both of her legs in a drunk driving accident. Yeah, but this is not a drunk driving accident. No, I understand that, but I'm trying to make the point. She only got $4,000, okay? So you'll probably agree with me on this. I don't like the way certain money is allocated in certain situations. If these women can't get a job again for the rest of their life, which I'm not sure that would be the case, their reputations were tarnished. And clearly, uh, uh, do you even know the woman's names off the top I don't, of your head? I don't. I'll be honest with you. That's I don't, why I don't. I, don't. I, I mean, I do doesn't... I think that's excessive? If you're asking me, yes. Okay. I really do. Um, I really do. Um, so do I think they deserve that much money? The answer would be no. Yeah. Um, what I don't politically motivated with that. I think kind a part of, of it is. I, I think a part of it is no question. At the same time, I think that I don't think you should uh, defame someone and lie about something they didn't do. And then when you're caught, the thing that really bothered me was outside the court. He doubled down on it. It's like, dude, just just move on. You know, uh, he filed for bankruptcy. So obviously they're probably never going to see that money. But I do agree with you. And I talk about this all the time lawsuits and defamation, you know, somebody could lose their life or lose their son or daughter or paralyzed for the rest of their life. And they might get just a couple thousand dollars, right? It's not fair. And then these women getting a hundred million, you know, so I agree with you there. I don't think it's, it's, it's fair at all. Yeah, uh, I, I just think in the whole defamation space, yeah. uh, if you're putting yourself in the political sphere, yeah. whatever way that is, whether mm-hmm. it's being a spokesperson, being an election worker, doing yeah. what I'm doing or you're doing. Sure. I mean, you are, you are not only putting out hits, you're taking hits. It's part of this, this discourse, this American mm-hmm. kind of town place discourse. We both take having. hits. There's no question. Yeah. Um, and, and all I can do is like when somebody calls in and they call me a liar, it just happened like 20 minutes ago. Um, I say, okay, what did I lie about? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I just, I just don't like it when people say things about other people that are not true. Uh, and it's proven not to be true. And especially when you have a huge platform, like anybody, anybody, a Rudy Giuliani, anybody, do I think it's excessive, the money? Absolutely. So I think there's got to be some middle ground there and that stuff um, has to stop. Explain to me, because I want to talk a little bit more about your profession and what you do. Um, if you see, read a book, what is it in a book that you see that's, that the bulb goes on in your head that says, that would be a great movie. And do you ever see something in a book where you say that could never be a movie? Like mm. what are the both, both sides of that? Yeah. So when we're reviewing um, books and scripts to figure out how to shop them out and that kind of thing, how to pitch them to the next level, um, the things that make me say, okay, this is a good story that we would want to move forward with is a, anything that's different, mm-hmm. um, anything that's like, you know, brings maybe a side of our society that hasn't been discussed, hasn't been talked about, like a really niche space. So like some of the th- projects we're working on right now, like I have a client that is very good at post-death communication. And that's really? something that, wow. uh, that's something that I think everyone's intrigued by because death affects everyone. Yeah. Everyone's lost somebody. Yeah. And if you look even on Netflix, some of the, uh, some of the most popular features there, they've got surviving death, which was a huge hit. So there is a thirst for these spaces where people can give us some more information on what's going to happen after that is an interesting topic. So that's a, and then B anything that provides a historical context, 
Um, you know, I think several years from now, 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, people are wanting, are going to want to know, well, what was the old Las Vegas like in the 50s and 60s? What was, you know, Miami like at that time? Uh, so anything that provides kind of a historical context mm. that might have not been covered, um, because, you know, like we think about right now, there might be a lot of information on maybe not a lot, but a little bit of information about stuff that happened a hundred years ago. But now, you know, we've got to document what's happened in the last couple of decades um, and being able to get that in the form of a mm. movie or a documentary or a, or a feature or a mini series um, is going to help to kind of get that out. And, you know, most Americans, that's how they're consuming most of their content. Uh, you know, a book is, you know, books are really good for older, right. our older uh, population. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, like our age, we're, we're just streaming all the time. And my horrible ADD. Uh, yeah. I have to watch TV. Yeah. I mean, I think a movie about George Santos would be a movie that I would definitely, <laughs> uh, I would definitely watch. What's your favorite book to movie? I'm curious. Like, do you have a favorite? Um, There's so many out there. Yeah, obviously. there's, there's, yeah. there's a bunch out there. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of... Of, I like um, the movie Hoosiers. That mm -hmm. was once a book, and it's a true story. Mm -hmm. My favorites are like based on true stories. Yeah, you know, I, and I know that's a lot of what you do, which I appreciate. Yeah. I love. Uh, Don't you, know, you agree that uh, that truth and reality is freakier than fiction? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it is. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have some great movies that maybe not be true stories, but Shawshank Redemption is is probably mm -hmm. one of my favorite movies of all time. But I love, you know based on a true story type yes. movies you know one of my favorite movies and i like poker is rounders but that is based on what's really going on in in, in mm -hmm. some of these underground poker rooms and and uh, i like uh what was it supersized me that was the mm -hmm. documentary about mcdonald's yeah I, you can't get more real than that yeah. right i mean and that's isn't that the beauty though of politics sometimes because it's like it's like reality television mm -hmm. you know it's like there's always so much drama yeah you know and and it, it, it it's reality at, at its mm -hmm. finest and i love that and listen i will give donald trump credit for that mm -hmm. uh you know uh reality television is something that he's always been uh, a master at in getting ratings and, and that sort of deal and he certainly knows how to I don't know if you'd like to me to characterize it this way, manipulate, but he knows how to use the media to his advantage. There's yeah. no question about that. Um, and it's, um, it's crazy. Um, it, it, it's wild. So tell me a little bit more about your company, Big Red Consulting, because, um, as I mentioned before, so do you, do you rep ever represent Democrats or is it only Republicans? No, big red consulting. I would yeah, say <laughs> we're um, so, you know, the two divisions of our company, our political division is Republican all the way. Um, we've worked with some independents that are conservative leaning. So mm -hmm. we've done a little bit of that. Um, and then our books division, our books, podcast, documentaries division is actually apolitical. Yeah. So we will work with any story. I mean, it cannot be super extreme one way or the other. You okay, know? but that's so, my question. Al, mm -hmm. if AOC picks up the phone today and she calls you, I'm not saying this would happen, but I'm just putting a hypothetical out there. Mm -hmm. She's got a book about her life. I do find her life very fascinating in that she came from a family, not not a lot of money, had to bartend her way through school. Um, I don't always agree with her policy, by mm -hmm. the way, uh, but I do have respect for her. If she picked you up, pick up the phone and said, I almost said picked you up. That's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah, pick up the phone and said, hey, Al, I know you represent Republicans and, and I get that. I want to write this book and I want to make a movie out of it. Can you work with me? Would you take that call and would you talk to her? I would. Yeah, I would. I would. I would consider working with her. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't good. rule her out. I'd want to know 
what she's trying to do, what her goals are, mm-hmm. and if they align with kind of our values. Um, of course, we're not going to agree politically, but, you know, a lot of these books are really stories. It's not, you know, we actually try to stay away from too much politics in a book because that actually shortens the lifespan and the shelf life of that book. So we're more focused on the story than, you know, just a lot of, a lot of politics. Interesting. If you had to choose one person that you've never worked with before, Hmm. that phone call that you want to dead or alive, one person Hmm. that you would love to work with as far as maybe it could be a book or maybe a documentary I don't care who it is. Doesn't even have to be a political figure. Just anybody mm. with with the work that you do, um, and you can name a few names. Who 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 would that be? I'm trying to think. Uh, one that really instantly popped in my head was Ronald Reagan. Mm. I think uh, there's a lot that you know I would like to know about kind of his life that has not really been been out there, and I would love to kind of document that because I think he kind of started this whole you know, like America first before it was America first. Um, so I think there's a lot of, mm. uh, a lot of kind of populist messaging there that right. I'd like to sink my teeth into. Most so. of my Republican friends are, uh, uh, characterize themselves as Reagan Republicans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They idolize that man. Uh, obviously I wasn't uh, old enough to really yeah. recall or remember. Um, is there somebody that maybe you wouldn't want to work with personally, but somebody that you just say, God, I'd love to have a beer with that guy. Just hang mm-hmm. out with him. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I know you're probably not a Bill Clinton fan. You're a Republican. I get that. And by the way, I'm not a huge fan of Bill Clinton, the person either, but I look at like a Barack Obama and I say, man, that'd be a cool guy to have a beer with. Now, our pol- politics are a little bit different, of course, but... Which, can you say that? Can you separate like the the politics and say, gosh, you know, I wouldn't mind having a beer with that guy? Yeah, I would. I mean, and 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 I do that even in my role as as you know the um, principal of my my political mm-hmm. consulting and book consulting firm. We will go and meet with the opponent or the other side to see if there is a way for you know maybe there is some alignment that we can get into. Of course, on behalf of advancing our mm. interests. Um, but I'm not opposed to having those conversations ever. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad to hear mm-hmm. that. Uh, and I'm, by the way, I'm the same way in that mm-hmm. I always, even though I get into it with people, sometimes I like having those conversations, mm-hmm. right? I feel like in our lifetime, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking, I just, I just turned 31. Oh, you bastard. I'm 43. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where my thirties went, by the way. Uh, and this guy's like, so Jack, look at me. I'm this scrawny, bald white guy. It's terrible. Uh, but, um, um, I feel like in our lifetime, Mm. I'm a little older than you, sadly, just a little, uh, a little bit. I feel like when John McCain is running for president against Barack Obama, two people with two very different ideologies and a woman calls Barack Obama like an Arab and, and McCain grabs that microphone. And by the way, this is at the time where I was convinced I was going to vote for Barack Obama. And I saw John McCain. He take, took that microphone away and he says, no, ma'am, you're wrong. No, ma'am. He's a good man. He's a good husband. He's a good father. We just dis- disagree on policy. And in that moment, Al, I said, you know what? I'm not going to vote for Barack Obama because I'm okay with either of them becoming president. Mm. Wasn't a big fan of Sarah Palin, but I, w- I just felt like that was such a great moment for our country. And such a great example to this day. Does that make sense? Like, I just feel like that moment, we don't have moments like that today. And I think we need more moments like that. Listen, 
he's a decent person, um, you know, good husband, good father. We just disagree on policy. Why can't more people talk like that? You know, that's I guess that's what I want as an American. Yeah, I think I think the the um, the policy areas have just become so the division is so great with kind of the vision for America that each side has that there's just very little middle middle ground anymore um, because mm-hmm. the visions are just so radically different. Um, I think I think there's one side that wants to keep America the land of opportunity and freedom mm-hmm. and, you know, just kind of preserving right. kind of constitutionally what our country was founded on. And then another side that drastically wants to change both the, I mean, the racial makeup, the economic makeup, everything uh, completely just yeah. gut it uh, from the ground up. Uh, so I think there isn't going to be very much middle ground, uh, you know, on, unfortunate. on those two. Yeah. Very unfortunate. It's interesting. The uh, book is called Division, right? How- well, so no, my, my, uh, I have a division of my company that's a books division, oh, so I'm that, not the okay. author. Yes, I thought I've that never... was the name of the book. I yes, got that one no. wrong. Okay. But I, so I want to answer about... one of your questions sure, though, sure. before you ask me that question. So I would like to have a beer with Nancy Pelosi's husband. Paul Pelosi. Uh, yeah, to find out what actually happened at their house uh, when he... I guess was when he was allegedly assaulted. Yeah, with the hammer and the underwear and all of that. Well, it, it, so. it, it appears as though, based on the police report, anyway, and it sounds horrifying, mm-hmm. um, that this crazy person broke into his house with a hammer and bludgeoned him. Um, and that, yeah, I guess there was there was no evidence that they knew one another. This was a guy that was obviously mentally ill. I think there was more to the story than that. So I'd want to think so. I mean, because I, I feel like more. I don't know. I mean, but I feel I, I'm just going by the police report. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm just going by the police report. But I'm glad that um, he was he's still alive. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just a that's a horrible. Uh, and I think it goes to show you. And I think you'll agree with me that there are a lot of crazy people in society. And we have to be aware of that. Certainly, we need to do a better job in dealing with people that are mentally ill. Mm-hmm. I think we would probably agree on that also. But when you're a public figure, it's not just about you. It's also your family mm-hmm. that's involved. And I don't condone that at any point, whether Absolutely. it's anybody. It could be left or right. I don't mm-hmm. care. Violence is violence. And uh, we shouldn't incite violence. We shouldn't uh, condone any of that behavior. And when that, something like that does happen, uh, we need to call it out. And it shouldn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. And yeah. I try to do that, whether it's Mitch McConnell having a freeze out moment, right? Mm-hmm. I, I like the fact that Joe Biden called him and said, hey, how you doing? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other side of the aisle too, whether it's Fetterman, we, you know, I, I would imagine you probably don't agree with a lot of what well, Fetterman... He's, he's starting to come around. He's starting to call out a lot of the... A lot of the fraud and well, he's very pro Israel, work. Yeah. which which I do appreciate, mm-hmm. and he does uh, say that the the border is a, cri- a crisis, which it is. But I've been saying this about Fetterman all along that I think he he talks about his depression openly. Mm-hmm. I think he's a decent man. Doesn't mean you have to agree with him on everything, mm-hmm. but I think he's a decent man. And I didn't like some of the attacks on him. People still call him brain dead mm-hmm. and this and that's like, dude, come on. I, listen, I'm not a huge but fan. He's, of- he's talking a lot of sense lately. I've really been enjoying a lot of Well, the- he's moderate. Yeah. He's moderate. And we need more moderate mm-hmm. people in office, Republican or Democrat. Mm-hmm. I think we need more Fetterman's on the left. I feel like we need – and I know you probably are not the biggest fan of Mitt Romney because you're a Trump. But I feel like we need more moderate people on both sides because I think that's how we get things done in Washington. Yeah, but I think I – think- I think uh, we don't need more sellouts, and I think that 
that's a problem. I think there's a lot of people who mm-hmm. paint themselves as moderates, but then they're becoming they're they're bought out by lobbyists by sure. special interest groups and yeah i think that's I where the maga movement came about to you know kind of say okay if we're are we really going to stand up for our values or are we just going to be bought out by the lobby well i agree with you and you know uh, i i certainly talk about the nra all the time i talk about uh you know lobbyist groups all the time i don't care whether it's left or right I don't want our politicians bought out by anybody. It could be Menendez getting, uh, you know, found with gold mm-hmm. bars in his home. Um, or it could be Clarence Thomas and his wife receiving gifts. I don't care whether you're a Republican or Democrat. I don't want people bought out. I think mm-hmm. we both agree on that. I it's agree. not, it's not good for the country, mm-hmm. right? It's not good for the country. I don't want somebody in office, you know, with $50,000 in the bank. And then when they leave office 30 years later, they're, they're worth a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, term limits, you know, I'm for all that stuff. And we probably have more in common, uh, believe it or not. You know, I'm for capital punishment, always have been. Um, I am for border security. Um, you know, obviously there are things on the left socially that I, 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 I side with the left, but yeah, we need more moderates in office. Before I let you go, and I appreciate you coming in studio, Al, tell me a little bit more about your company, Big Red. I totally screwed up, uh, uh a book that I thought you wrote. I was wrong on that one. Uh, but, uh, tell me a little bit, a little bit more about your company and how people can, uh, contact your company if they, if they need a, a good consulting firm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'd love to chat with anyone that's, uh, needing help. So yeah, our company on, um, so we've got, you know, a political division and then kind of a books podcast division. And then we do help a bunch with just helping anyone with, uh, help with getting on media so we can get people booked, uh, both on the left and the right on media. So some of our media team, uh, we've got people that have done bookings for, you know, used to work for Newsmax and people mm-hmm. that, um, one of my team members is a 10 year contributor on CNN. So we've got a lot of connects oh, wow. on the left as well. If you don't mind um, me asking, who is that? It's Paris Denard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So he used to be the RNC spokesperson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I see him on and, there. And yeah. And I he, like what he does. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he's, uh, he helps us with, uh, bookings on the left. And then, um, we also have a comms division that'll do op-ed placements. Wow. All that kind of stuff. So we work with a lot of C-suite, um, mm-hmm. you know, C-suite, uh, uh, executives. And then, you know, we work with, you know, politicians, we work with campaigns, we work with small businesses. Um, a lot of folks, um, the things that, that does set us apart from any other firm is we're one of the only ones in the nation that can guarantee that books can become bestsellers. So we actually sell the books using our own email list campaigns based on the genre of the book. And then, uh, we also guarantee a lot of media. Um, we can get people, you know, on, on Forbes, Entrepreneur Incorporated, um, LA Weekly, um, NY Weekly, uh, yep. Wired, all of those, and then also get people on TED Talks, prepare them. And it's all guaranteed results. If they don't hmm. make it, they get their money back. We've never missed ever, but we are careful about who we take on so we can actually get the job done. Um, so, and then recently we just opened up a division to help, uh, books become into something bigger, movies, you know, podcasts, uh, mini series, those kinds of things. We can guarantee that any podcast be, be top 10 most downloaded. What's the website, the by nation. the way? What is your website? Uh, it's, it is spelled the big dot red. Um, so it's easy as that, but if anyone wants to, uh, mm-hmm. get in touch, uh, our, I can just, um, give yeah. you my number. It's 972 
505-5802. That's our company line. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone cool. will, will get back to you if you're interested. Well, I will also say if George Santos does come in studio, it's because of this guy right here. Uh, tell George I will be very nice to him. Yes. This wasn't so torturous, was yes. it? Wasn't no, so this bad. was pleasant. This wasn't so bad. Yes. I can be pleasant to people that are pleasant to me. It's just the yeah. people who call in who call me names. I get mm-hmm. a little frustrated. That's all. You can, yeah. you, you understand that. Yeah. No, but in all seriousness, Al, I, I do appreciate you being here. We would love Thank to have George in studio. Yeah. Love to, would love to dissect his brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody who Jimmy Kimmel talks about every night is somebody that I want to talk to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, Jenna Ellis is another one. Um, Boy, would I love to pick her brain. What a couple of years it's been for her mm-hmm. uh, in the media. These are people that are that are uh, prominent people in the media that are talked about every day. And uh, obviously, you have some very prominent people that you represent, which is, a, I would imagine, a testament to uh, what you do. So I appreciate you being here, Al. Thank Definitely. you so much. And you probably have to catch a flight today, right? Yes. Thank yes. you for having thank me. Thank you for being here, it. Al. There you go, everybody. Right, uh, Al care. Jelani from Big Red Consulting. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, somebody who is an evangelical Christian, uh, way on the far right, left her family, and now she's an OnlyFans model. Yes, that's right. Nicole Mitchell will be joining us next. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. It's Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well, so I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Did you know that 99% of air conditioning issues start with airflow issues? Well, guess what? Pioneer Air has your back. They've been operating for 20 years in the industry within the Las Vegas area. Large enough to handle all your air conditioning and heating needs, but small enough to know your first name. Pioneer Air focuses on preventative care, much like wellness checks for humans. They believe in wellness checks for air conditioning and heating systems to extend the life of the system you own. So what are you waiting for? Schedule your wellness check with Pioneer Air today. The number to call is 702-831-4840. Here's the best news. Mention this ad and you'll receive 10% off. Call Pioneer Air today. 702 702- 
702-831-4840. That number again, 702-831-4840. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits, the fastest growing radio show in the Valley. And now we've expanded our reach to include live stream ads on social media with over 20,000 daily views. So are you ready to take your business to the next level? Then get in on the action. Our team will put together the right ad package for you that meets your business needs. So what are you waiting for? Send us an email, sales at ptlradioshow.com. That's sales at ptlradioshow.com. And reach your target audience while maximizing the advertising impact of your business. That email again, sales at ptlradioshow.com. That's sales at ptlradioshow.com. The National Atomic Testing Museum is a national science, history, and educational institution that tells the story of America's nuclear weapons testing program at the Nevada Test Site. Located at 755 East Flamingo Road, just east of Paradise, the museum offers immersive, interactive experts for guests of all ages. The museum is Smithsonian certified and open seven days a week. For more information, visit nationalatomictestingmuseum.org. That's nationalatomictestingmuseum.org. When you bring your vehicle to Star Auto Care for Maintenance, you'll have a team of professionals at your service. Every one of our technicians has been factory trained and master status certified to ensure that you receive the highest quality and most effective service. Star Auto Care is located at 3540 East Tropicana Avenue, just east of Pecos. Star Auto Care is confident in their prices and will match any mechanic located within 20 miles. Bring your vehicle in today and let Star Auto Care give you the peace of mind you deserve when you service your car. Visit them online at starautocare.us. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. Those watching on the Occupy Democrats Network, a reminder, you can click that button that says subscribe. It's only $5 a month, cup of coffee, and you get extra content from yours truly. Uh, I want to thank Al for joining us in studio. We can always have respectful conversations with people that we disagree with. So the lady we have joining us right now, its uh, if you're unaware of her story, it's a very interesting one. I know we have a lot of new viewers today. Um, her name is Nicole Mitchell, and she comes from the Evangelical Right, an Evangelical Right family. She was a pastor, and she wanted to leave that lifestyle, and she did, and she decided to become... Uh, you can use the word stripper, but that's not really what she does. She's an OnlyFans model, but she left that lifestyle, and uh, I love what she's done with her life. And Nicole Mitchell joins us right now on the line. Nicole, it's good to see you. As always, how are you? Brian, it's so good to be back. I'm so good. It's sunny. It's warm here. I am so grateful and so happy. Yes, and I'm, and it's good to see you. I like the jean jacket you're wearing. That's a good look. I like that. You pull it off well. I wanted to ask you this to start because Alec Baldwin – is a story that um, a lot of people have been talking about since this tragic uh, shooting uh, that I would say there was negligence on the part of the people on the set that are supposed to make the set safe. I never really accused or said that Alec, even Alec Baldwin pulled the trigger. It's not really his responsibility to look in the chamber to see if a gun is loaded or not, but now he's facing these manslaughter charges. And I noticed that SAG is supporting him. What do you make of this? This is such a devastating situation, just like an absolute freak of an accident. Like, I don't know how a prop got mis confused with an actual gun, with an actual bullet ready to go. And I think you're right. I don't think it's Alex's job to assume it's a real gun. I think that might change now in the acting industry where, like, now everyone checks. So they have multiple steps and the actors will check it. But I just think it's not quite fair to 
punish him for a policy that wasn't in place, but assuming he should have known. It's just, it's a tragedy all around. It's a tragedy for the woman who was killed, for her family who's impacted by that, by everyone who witnessed it, by Alec who pulled it thinking he was acting and it ended up being real. And just right. Like, it is so, so heartbreaking. Mm, I can't imagine what that must be like to be friends with somebody, to work with somebody. And you think you have, you have a gun that is a, you know, a prop or, or unloaded, of course. And because obviously nobody did this on purpose. I think we need to start by saying that there are some idiots out there that think that somehow this was done on purpose. And those people are despicable. This was not uh, purposeful. That doesn't mean that there shouldn't be any accountability. There are people on sets of movies where there are guns and weapons. It is their responsibility to make sure that no weapon is loaded. Why would any gun be loaded uh, on a set? So I think those people need to be held accountable. Uh, but I will defend Alec Baldwin on this one. Uh, this was horrible and accidental, and I don't think Alec Baldwin should be, should be uh, convicted of any crime. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, it'll be so interesting to see what happens because it's been this was like a couple of years ago now. So yeah. this has been dragged out and I'm sure yeah. there's like constant anxiety for him. So like yeah. it'll be so nice when it's finally wrapped up and hopefully he's not punished for it. Yeah, no no question. And uh, we'll have to wait and see how this turns out. Uh, I will say that um, I think it's going to be hard to convict him. Uh, he's a very gifted actor. He's been in so many great movies. I don't know him personally. I know the guy has a little bit of a temper. I know that. He, but with that being said, this is, this is very different. And I don't like people attacking him just because, you know, he does a really good Donald Trump impersonation. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how this thing goes. Uh, here's a really sad story. Um, so we have the AVN Expo Awards in Vegas. That's not sad, by the way, <laughs> Nicole. That's actually a lot of fun. But, uh, the AVN Expo's in town. It's kind of like the porn awards. Uh, you know, the Oscars for the porn industry. And while all this took place, we just learned a really tragic story that's taken place over the past few days. And that is uh, one of the most popular figures in this industry, in the porn industry, Jesse Jane, 43 years old, found dead with her boyfriend in, in her apartment in LA. And I believe it was in LA, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, what they're saying is that there was no foul play and that they believe this was some sort of drug overdose. Uh, this is really, really sad. I mean, very young, uh, very successful in her craft. And uh, this was kind of stunning. I was really surprised uh, to read this story. It's devastating. Like she was so young. She was 43 years old. And not only was she huge in the adult industry, she's one of the few that successfully transitioned to Hollywood and she was in mainstream TV shows and movies and had a very fulfilling career, lived a life on her terms, which, you know, I'm very passionate about. And then to know that it ended so early, I think, I don't think it was planned on their part is my assumption. And it's just so, so sad when this happens. And so I started researching this morning because drugs are getting more and more mixed with other drugs and you don't know if the drugs are getting as laced and like, you know, a common phrase we'll hear is like, test your drugs, test your drugs. What does that mean? So I researched that this morning and you can buy fentanyl test strips. FTS to test your drugs before you consume them. Again, I'm not encouraging you to do drugs, but if you are doing them, I want you to consume it responsibly and decrease your risk of overdose. You can buy them online. You can um, reach out to local communities, organizations that have them and give them out for free so that we can hopefully prevent yeah. untimely deaths like this. Yeah, this is horrible. It's very tragic. And, and you know, it sounds to me like it was uh, accidental. Uh, police are saying that they don't uh, 
look at any foul play involved here. So uh, I've met Jesse Jane. I met her several times. Um, and, and even though I, I can probably tell you, I can probably only name, uh, three or four porn stars, Evan Stone being one of them because he's a friend of mine. I could probably only name you like three or four. She was one of them. Uh, I would say Jenna Jameson is probably another one. Um, I don't know if I could name any others than that, but Jesse Jane was somebody that was in one of my favorite shows, Entourage. And she, uh, she's been one of the uh, most popular. Uh, uh, in the adult film industry. And this is just a really sad story. And I'm actually going to be um, hanging out with Evan Stone tomorrow. And, and I know that Evan was friends uh, with her. So yeah, this is kind of wild. All right. So we have some breaking news. This happens sometimes. And it just so happened, Nicole, uh, when you're on the show, uh, maybe give your thoughts on this because it involves sexual abuse and Donald Trump's sexual abuse case, uh, liable of sexual abuse involving E. Jean Carroll. Donald Trump was just ordered to pay $83.3 million, $83.3 million in this defamation uh, case, uh, liable of sexual abuse. What do you make of that? that uh, my understanding was that her attorneys were asking for around $24 million. The jury awarded $83.3 million. What do you make of that? First, my brain can't even wrap around that much money, to be honest. That is a lot of freaking money. Second, this man has got to pay in one way or another. And so I feel there's like a little bit of justice in this mm -hmm. where this man who's kind of shady and gets away with not doing things properly with his money and he's assaulted many women, this seems appropriate for one of hopefully many consequences. For yeah. Him. So let me break this down because this just this just came down. 18.3 million in the compensatory damages and uh, 65 million in the punitive damages. Now, of course, Donald Trump is and his attorneys will appeal this, but uh, very low chance that they'll win an appeal. Uh, this is a lot of money. Can Donald Trump afford it? Well, that's well, debatable. I don't know, but uh, that's a lot of money. Um, and I think it sets a precedence that you just you can't attack uh, and you can't defame people. Rudy Giuliani, a perfect uh, other example of that. And Donald Trump's in a lot of trouble. So speaking of uh, people that defame other people, uh, fake nudes is something that you see a lot on social media. Yours are obviously real. There's nothing fake about what you're doing. But, but when it comes to Taylor Swift, um, I'm a fan of Taylor Swift, the person. I'm not really into her music. She's very talented. I'm just, I'm just, just not my thing. But it seems like it's really weird. Ever since she uh, started dating Travis Kelsey, the attacks on the right uh, seem to be bizarre and strange. And now you have all these fake nudes of her that were on X for for hours. And it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in most states in this country, it's not illegal to do that. I don't know how that's possible. It should be illegal. You should be able to take somebody's face and put up a fake nude on social media. To, that's defamatory. Uh, what do you make of this story? Yeah, it's it's devastating for anyone to experience that. You know, especially Taylor. She's not a sexual sex. She doesn't ooze sexuality. That's not her brand. That's not her music. That's not her style. That's it's so opposite of her. And I know she's very protective of her image. She appeals to audiences from age ten to a hundred. And then to have these put up on the internet of her without her consent, without her knowledge is horrific. And then the principle goes further than that because this is also happening to minors 
where kids in school are taking their female peers' photos, creating these AI photos of nudes and leaking them everywhere. And it's absolutely devastating to anyone, but especially a young child who doesn't have the mental and emotional capability to process such an experience. And I do think it's only a matter of time before such an act becomes illegal because it absolutely should be. Yeah, I I feel bad for her. Uh, Obviously, when you're a celebrity, you're a public figure, uh, you're in the public eye. It's one thing to be, uh, you know, insulted or attacked. It's another thing. Uh, th- th- to me, this is just a whole nother level and it's sick and people are, are kind of sick and disgusting. Um, I'm still kind of blown away a little bit, Nicole, with this, uh, uh defamation and, and compensatory damages. And I- I'm kind of amazed at this figure. I'm going to be, uh, and I'm going, uh, to the Donald Trump thing. Um, people don't seem to understand, and maybe you could speak to this as a woman. Just because somebody doesn't report a rape to authorities or a sexual assault doesn't mean that they weren't sexually abused, right? It's like it it baffles me that this is a hard concept to understand, that assault happens all the time. And the way women are treated when they report the assault is, is reason enough for why women don't often do it. Women are not believed. Women are then blamed if anything did happen. Then when they do examine her for any evidence of the assault or abuse, it's rough. It's not done in a warm space. It's very clinical. It's cold. It's behind a thin curtain in a hospital room with police. It's like very, very aggressive and Mm -hmm. very vulnerable and very scary. So a lot of women don't go forward. And then even when they do come forward and say people do believe them, there's enough haters out there to stalk stalk them, threaten them, send them death threats that these women face repercussions for years whether yeah. they come out with it or not. And so our job is to make it safe for women to come out with their truths, believe women, and then protect women after it has been revealed. Yes, I agree. And, you know, a guest of mine who's done this show multiple times, his name is Carmine Sabia. He is a right-wing conservative pundit. He said a jury gave E. Jean Carroll $83.3 million for never being raped. Let me be very clear on this. And, I, and I'm going to talk to him about this because I'm just disgusted by some of these statements. A jury found, without being too graphic – that Donald Trump used his fingers in her private area and assaulted mm-hmm. her. Now, in some states, some would not characterize that as rape. It's sexual assault. I characterize that as rape. Now, whether you want to call it a rape or a sexual assault, I'm not going to get into the weeds with people on that. Yep. A jury found that that's what took place and how people could justify or not justify this settlement by saying, Oh, well, you know what? Uh, it wasn't rape. Okay, then what was it? What was it? A jury found that he did sexually abuse this woman. I get so frustrated with people getting into the weeds with people. It's like with Republicans when it comes to gun control. Oh, well, that's not an assault weapon. This is. Okay, well, what are your solutions? Guess what? If you go into a dressing room, which I, which a jury believes that Donald Trump did, and you sexually assault a woman, which a jury believes that Donald Trump did, then I'm not going to get into the weeds with somebody and whether what, what the, your definition of rape is or not. Right, Nicole? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's just a distraction from what went down that he did something horribly wrong, unethically without consent, assaulted another person and her body. Like that's, that's it. Like there's nothing to argue with that. And if you want to get into the weeds, fine. But like the point is what he did was wrong and he's being held accountable, which is appropriate in this situation. Yeah. And, and well, so you, you come from a background of, of, of a former pastor, the evangelical right. Yeah. How would you characterize, and it could be somebody in your family, I don't know, somebody that calls themselves the evangelical right that would support Donald Trump 
when he is a known, proven sexual abuser? Like, what would they say if you question them on that? They would say two things. A, it's all a lie. These women just want attention and want his money, right? Or B, these women did something to deserve it. I remember when a girlfriend of mine was faced with this very situation with another man. And I told some people in my world, the religious conservative world, and they said, what does she do to deserve it? And like my jaw hit the floor. There was zero compassion for her, zero empathy. They blamed the woman for the man's assault on her. That's the response. Either it didn't happen or it was her fault. And it is absolutely horrific that that's how we view it. It's terrible. Donald Trump's defense on truth social, I call it lie social, yesterday and this morning was, oh, well, E. Jean Carroll did this interview with Anderson Cooper, and she characterized some people as looking at rape as sexy. Just because somebody, and I don't even know if E. Jean Carroll thinks that rape is sexy. She just said there are people out there that do. And somehow that's a defense of, oh, well, she couldn't have been the victim of a sexual assault or rape. I find that to be comical. It's crazy because in in the world at large, because we live in a patriarchal world and patriarchal society, there is this can I say the R word that's talking about assaults? Can we say that? Can I say rape? Okay. Yes, you can. There is, <laughs> yep. Okay. There is, there is a fetishization of rape where people think, oh, if you just give it to a woman enough, she'll surrender and she wants it. Right. And so we, we, we literally indoctrinate people growing up in this country. Women want this. Even when they say no, they actually mean yes. Like we are not ever believed. And so when someone says something like that, like, oh, People want it or people like it. Like that's because there is a rape fetish and indoctrination that a woman does not have a right to her own body. She's not to be believed. A man knows what is best for her. And all of it is bullcrap. Yeah, it's it's um, it gets me really angry. And, you know, in a perfect world, do we wish someone who's the victim of a sexual assault reports it immediately law enforcement? Sure. But I've spoken to people that have literally been raped by Bill Cosby, a wonderful woman who lives here in Las Vegas. I, I was lucky enough to meet her and her husband, and they've come in studio, Lisa Latte Lublin, who was sexually assaulted by Bill Cosby. It took her decades before she finally came out and told her story. And she is a wonderful woman, classy woman, wonderful family. And we can't assume just because somebody doesn't report something right away. And by the way, it was proven that E. Jean Carroll did tell some of multiple friends of what took place, and they testified. But um, you know, we can't assume just because somebody doesn't report it right away that it didn't happen, right, Nicole? Yeah. And I think you have to have some basic understanding of trauma. When Mm -hmm. trauma happens, people have all kinds of responses to it. They suppress it and they literally black it out. Yeah. Right. They become paralyzed. They can't speak about it. They can't think their whole body shuts down when it enters their brain. There's no way to articulate it coherently to someone. Like there's consequences where people have been assaulted by a superior in their workplace. And if they report it, Mm. they will take everything from them. Like there's so many reasons when it comes to trauma, why people don't report it right away. And so we need to work on fostering compassion for people. And we have to become educated about trauma. So we don't blame the victim. We blame the perpetrator and the system that supports the perpetrator. Amen, Nicole. Always appreciate it. I love getting a, a perspective from a female like yourself. I appreciate you coming on as always. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and I look forward to catching up with you next week. Nicole, always a pleasure. Thank you. You're amazing. See you next Thanks, time. Thanks, Nicole. See you next time. Um, and if you're just joining us following the breaking news, uh, E. Jean Carroll uh, awarded over 80 
million. Uh, and Donald Trump's eventually going to have to pay up. I don't think he's going to be filing for bankruptcy. He might, but I don't think he will. Uh, let me be very clear on this. This is a really important point I want to make here before we end the show. Donald Trump is not the victim here. Republicans are not the victims. The victim in this case is E. Jean Carroll. She is the victim. She is the one that was sexually assaulted. I don't care what your definition of rape is. Could care less. E. Jean Carroll is the victim. And th- and I don't wish this upon anybody. And that is why she has just been awarded a majority of her peers over $80 million. The breaking news that we are following. We will talk more about this on Monday. I promise you that. And we'll get some legal experts in here. And uh, maybe Carmine could tell us why he goes on social media and he says it wasn't rape. I would love to hear anybody characterize this as, oh, no, it's not a sexual assault. It's not a rape. Give me a break. Thank you for joining us, everybody. I appreciate Al for joining us as well. Big Red Consulting represents a lot of prominent Republicans, prior, past, maybe future. Um, And I thank you all for your phone calls. We'll be back at it on Monday. Please click that uh, button on Occupy Democrats. That is a subscriber button. It's only $5 a month, the price of a coffee. Uh, And you're supporting this show and you're supporting what I do. My socials, at PTL Radio Show on YouTube, at PTL Radio Show on X, formerly known as Twitter. That's where you can really interact with me personally. Thank you for joining us, everybody. And I I hope you all have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you on Monday, same time, same place. Have a great day, everybody. 